You're listening to Pitch Perfect, the podcast, not the movie. I'm your host, Nate. Joining me is my co-host, Josh. You might know better as the lead motion capture performer for Muncher in Ghostbusters Afterlife, a movie that will exist. And we are also joined by our guest for this season, our good friend, Sonny. Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, yes, I was Muncher. Uh, originally, it was going to be called Snackler. Mm-hmm. We went to Muncher, and Sonny was my understudy. A lot of you my Yeah, sense. no, I wasn't. Is uh, is Muncher here with us? Can we talk to Muncher? <laughs> you have to get out the Ouija board. <laughs> I guess he is a ghost. He was like a guy who was a Muncher in life, and then he died. And it was, was Okay. <laughs> the perennial question is, was Slimer a man? Was Slimer a human person, and then he died, and he became Slimer? Yeah. Imagine a world where Rudy Giuliani died. He's already Slimer in real life. Exactly. So I guess that's true. I've never seen him eat a bunch of hot dogs, but I can imagine him doing it, and I don't like it. Okay. We're not here to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife, surprisingly, even though that movie baffles the crap out of me. We're here to talk about something else. Uh, what are we here to talk about? Oh, am I supposed to say it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're here to talk about... <laughs> through TV. You know, this is, the, this is the third season of Pitch Perfect, the podcast, not the movie. And of course, we're talking about Pitch Perfect, the movie, not the podcast. And this is our final episode of this season. Yes. That's number four. There's been four of them. Yes. There will be four of them. Once they hear what we have to say, they're going to immediately greenlight Pitch Perfect 4. Yes. Uh, but for those that are not in the know, it is claimed that after a lecture, William James was accosted by a little old lady offering up a seemingly ridiculous counter theory to his proposal that the Earth revolves around the sun. That instead, the Earth moved through the cosmos of the back of a giant turtle. In turn, James asked, if your theory is correct, what does this turtle stand for? You're a very clever man, Mr. James, she would reply, but it is simple. The first turtle stands on the back of a second larger turtle, which stands directly under him. And just like an Akka cascade of turtles, so too does Pitch Perfect the Podcast, not the movie. Now currently rest its focus on Pitch Perfect the Movie, not the Podcast. Welcome to Pitch Perfect the Podcast, not the movie, does Pitch Perfect the Movie, not the Podcast, does Pitch Perfect the Podcast, not the movie, does Pitch Perfect the Movie, not the Podcast. My co-host and I and our lovely guest who's been here this whole time talk about the films contained with our namesake yeah, within our namesake movie franchise, Pitch Perfect, and how things may continue down a better road in the future. I got through the whole Pitch Perfect thing, and I fuck up on namesake? Yeah, I, it's, I mean, you know, it's chaos theory. You never know what's going to go wrong. So we watched all three of the extant Pitch Perfect movies, which are, of course, Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2, and Pitch Perfect 3. And now we're going to take... their subtitles. They don't have... Do they have subtitles? They don't have subtitles. We've talked about this before, right? I don't believe they have subtitles. They, okay, if you were going to subtitle them, what would you... What would you subtitle them? Because I think I, Pitch Perfect one I don't think needs one because it's just Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Well, you could call it Pitch Perfect Origins if you needed to. <laughs> <laughs> I would Pitch Perfect two. I think the pitch is back. Yeah. Well, yeah. in the trailer it says we're back pitches. Ah, uh, that's not a great. Uh, it's not. It's not the subtitle. But that's like that's the tagline. Tag yeah, and then so I, the pitch is back. We're back pitches is very funny. And then I think Pitch Perfect three you could just go Pitch Perfect International or the or the last pitch. The pitch tagline for Pitch Perfect 3 is last call pitches. What a bad tagline. Yeah. Like, we're back pitches. It's uh, Pitch Perfect 3 and the Hendersons. That would be great. Um, <laughs> write that down. But we're back pitches, like, that kind of makes sense. Like, we're back bitches is a thing people say. Yeah. What was the tagline for Last time? call pitches? Last call bitches? Like, last call, sure, that's a phrase. But it's like, it is it is not in the popular lexicon often followed by bitches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, but so we watched these movies, and now we're going to take what we learned from them 
and we are going to pitch the perfect Pitch Perfect movie on this, the season finale of Pitch Perfect, the podcast does Pitch Perfect, the movie. We have to pitch the perfect Pitch Perfect movie. That's the, that's the gist of it. That's what we're doing here. And we're going to take everything we've learned from the movies we watched, all the Pitch Perfect movies, and put it together, mix it in a bowl, put it in the oven, set it for 350, bake for about 50 minutes, and come back with the perfect Pitch Perfect movie. But if you don't want to stick around and listen to how the sausage gets made, if you just want to skip ahead to the already finished dessert that is our perfect pitch, there'll be a timestamp in the description of wherever we post this, whether on YouTube or Anchor, and you'll be able to click that and skip ahead to the perfect pitch perfect movie that we will deliver. How do we want to start this thing off. I think we start off just by going quickly over our essentials. We've talked about that a bunch, but yeah. what we have decided over watching three separate Pitch Perfect movies, what is essential between all of them? What is the connecting tissue such that we could use that to pitch a perfect Pitch Perfect movie? Sure. Yeah, let's go over the essentials list. Josh, you have a computer in front of you. I do. So, first essential is acapella singing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, like, if we're reviewing them here, I definitely think that's essential because that is the entire premise of the movie. Yeah. We don't we don't need to discuss that one. <laughs> They're definitely going to be a cappella singing. It's going to be essential to the plot of the movie. Yes, that is our hat and vest of the season. Then the second essential we've decided is Rebel Wilson's Fat Amy. Everybody loves her. She Sometimes her jokes are funny and sometimes they're not. Um, but she adds an essential spice to the movie. I Though, again, this is one of the more tenuous ones where I'm like, if I if you if you really want to like try and convince me that we don't need Fat Amy, then I can be convinced. But you're going to have to work for it. Okay. And then the next essential is just commentators. So not necessarily the characters of Gail and John from the previous movies, but just commentators in general. Yeah, I definitely think that in any kind of, like, you know, these are, we've talked a lot about how these are essentially sports movies. And I think in anything like that, you need somebody there to contextualize the action, to set up the stakes, to explain what's happening. I, you know, don't really know much about acapella singing competitions. I also don't know much about sports movies. So it's always like, if I watch a sports movie and they're not properly explaining what's happening. I'm going to be lost. Stuff's going to happen and people are going to react to it. I'm going to be like, what is that? But do you have somebody who's like, oh, from downtown. I'm like, well, it came from downtown, so it must be important. <laughs> it's exactly how that works, Nate. Good job. Next thing is rivals. We need an important rival in this movie. Yeah, oftentimes the story needs an antagonist. I would say most of the time. Okay, so in Pitch Perfect 3, there is an antagonist, but there's not a rival of the Pitch Perfect group. Yeah. John well, Lithgow is not the rival. I would argue that it's almost the reverse of what you're saying. I, I, I get, okay, there's an antagonist and there's a rival. They're two different people, but the rivals are not antagonists and matter very little in the movie. Yeah, but you, just, there's you the, just compared them to an antagonist. What? No, yeah, I know. But I'm saying that's part of why a problem with Pitch Perfect 3. Okay. It's like it really, they set up the other bands. Right. And specifically Ruby Rose and her, whatever her band is called. Evermoist. Yes, Evermoist. How could you forget that? Well, yes. I was going to say some kind of vagina pun. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. As their rivals, but they don't really matter at all in the story. Yes. Yeah. Well, there really wasn't that much story happening. This is true. 
What's the next one, Josh? The next one is competitions leading up to the big finale, again, going with the sports movie um, motif. That's the best structure they've come up with for these movies. I mean, if you're willing to get, like, totally conceptual and tell me how we can make a movie about... That's still about acapella singing, which contains no competitive element, but still has compelling dramatic conflict. I'm willing to hear it, but I'm not entirely sure what that is. Yeah, I don't think it would be a pitch-perfect movie. I I guess you could make one that is just about... A performance. That's like a behind-the-scenes drama. That's some kind of big acapella performance. Yeah. But you'd have to work really hard to stretch that into a whole movie's worth of action. All right, and then finally, a career versus group subplot. Yeah, I mean, like movies. <laughs> most stories need a B plot of some kind, and this has been the what they have decided is the standard B plot for these movies, which is that you know Anna Kendrick's character who is arguably the protagonist of all three of these movies, has some kind of subplot where she's trying to advance her career as a music producer and or pop star on her own. They kind of at one point are like, eh, she's just like a pop star. Yeah. But that's sort of the resolution of three is like, ah, being a producer is boring. She's just going to have a, do a big performance at the end. Yeah, pretty much. So that is what we've deemed essential. Is that really it? That is really it. That's very um, short compared to the other That seasons. is, yes. I believe I brought that up. In our last episode. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six essentials. That's it. Now here's the things that we have deemed not essential, but can keep in mind and how we might incorporate in the movie. First and foremost is the riff-off. Mm-hmm. It's a recurring element. It's getting it's increasingly forced as the movies go on. But and it's there. It's there, and it could have been cut out of the last two movies and probably would have been fine. Then we have mashups. Yeah. Not necessarily essential. The movies have a weird relationship with mashups, because mashups are like the silver bullet to defeat the singing werewolf. There's no singing werewolf. In one. <laughs> Maybe there should be. But it's like they the mashups are their their um you know, it's their trump card. And then in two, it's like mashups are not enough. We have to write an original song about an umbrella. And that's no, their flashlight. a flashlight. Flashlight? I don't know flashlight. how you combine it with Rihanna, but a flashlight. <laughs> I mean, they probably perform Umbrella at some point, and it just got mixed up. They don't. <laughs> Did you even watch these movies with us? They 100% do. No. It's, okay. Not well. once. Wait. There's no, no way they don't. They don't. I Not they a do. single time. Okay, I'm Googling no Umbrella. No Rihanna cover. Even, like, outside of Umbrella. They don't do Rihanna. It's kind of weird, actually, to think about it. But they don't do it. They, wait. Hmm. They do S&M. Do they? Oh, yeah, they do S&M in the first one, in the first mashup. Anyway. But they don't do Umbrella. Whatever. <laughs> An umbre- a flashlight is an umbrella that protects you from the dark. No. Uh-huh. Which I believe is a lyric in that song. <laughs> what you're hearing now, listeners, is Nate's brain damage from the two first seasons of this podcast, where we decided to kill ourselves with Ernest and Pauly Shore movies. Anyway, so they have to perform an original song in two, but then they go back to mashups in three, right? Not really. No. Three's the moment they stray away from mashups and do just straight up covers. Yeah, I guess yeah, three's they the also barely, Outside of the riff-offs. Like, singing's not really a... Big old part of three. But she gets a looper pedal at the end, and that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I think the thing in three is they decide that action movies are better than original songs or mashups. Yeah, so I'm surprised there isn't an original song in all of the movies, because you'd yeah. think that they would want to try and get that, like, Oscar. They feel like if, if Pitch Perfect is going to win any Oscar, it could probably take original songs since there's so much singing in them. What's the Oscar for music? Is it a Grammy? 
Oh, great. Yes, you mean the... Yes, the Grammys are the awards for music. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. That's um, the cheat code, right? The cheat code into E-Godding is original song because you can essentially win you all of them. Yeah. Okay. So that is that. And then also the last maybe thing that we're going to keep in mind is just Anna Kendrick's Becca. So yeah, she is the main character, arguably, of all three of these movies. Less so in three than in the other two. But even two's got Halle Steinfeld, who is, they're like, setting up as like, the next generation. She's Anna Kendrick too. Yeah, and then... No, th- she's not. No. <laughs> they wanted to Hawkeye be. Too. They wanted to be. She's gonna be Kate Bishop. Yeah. The superior Hawkeye. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I don't know. I like, it's like, we, she's in all these movies, but we have every time talked about like, she doesn't really need to be. Obviously she needs to be in the first one, because the first one's about her. Uh-huh. She's the face of these movies, though. Yeah. Yeah, but is she the heart and soul of these movies? No. No, I would argue that's Rebel Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, those are our... uh, Oh, wait, there's one more thing on here. It's written in small handwriting. Did you write this in? Jew jokes? Oh, no. 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 (laughs) No, no Jew jokes. We can actually... I think we can cut those out of the fourth one. Yeah, I think maybe (laughs) we don't have those in the fourth one. Even though the Pitch Perfect movies think Jew jokes are essential, we will not do that. No. Good to know. No, it's that you guys are standing <laughs> against you jokes. I would never do that. That makes it sound like I would. Now I'm talking suspicious. <laughs> my I would never do Jew jokes shirt is raising a lot of questions that are answered by my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we pick a different target though? Like no Mormons or something? No. No. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get out your Mormon shirt, Nate. There's one thing I want Pitch Perfect 4 to teach everyone, is that you don't have to be mean to be funny. Okay, that's that, kind of counter to the other three movies. <laughs> <laughs> but we will try it. Okay, and then, so that is all the essentials and stuff we want to keep in mind. We can talk about our high and low points for the series, which are the things that we, firstly in high, aspire to recreate in some way, and then low... Avoid at all costs. Sure. So, so what is the season high point? Right now, the season high point is the puke scene. Beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. That. Pitch perfect one. This is a great... Can you explain that, Nate? Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, every sort of movie like this, there obviously there has to be that kind of moment where they have the falling out before things reconcile at the end of the movie. And what they managed to do in a real feat of filmmaking in Pitch Perfect 1 is to combine that emotional scene... That is important for the structure of the plot with some rip roar and gross out humor by having one of the characters, when she reaches her breaking point, puke everywhere. And then people roll around in the puke. Well, just one person rolls around in the puke. I thought it was more, honestly. They, they fight and the puke is there as like a, like a threat. Like, oh no, don't go in the puke. And, and then, then Lily falls in it and she makes a puke angel and it's awful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awful. Yes. Uh, and that's something that we aspire to create it's something a, similar. It's a very funny scene. I'm, I laughed very hard at that scene. Mm-hmm. And then the low point of the entire series, the thing that we want to avoid at all costs, is the underwhelming finale of Pitch Perfect 3. Yeah, Pitch Perfect 3 kind of ends with a sigh. She, the thing we're rooting for her, I guess, to accomplish that she does at the end of that movie is impress DJ Khaled. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's opening for him at other events. Yeah, I guess. So that's her ultimate victory at the end of the... Like, as far as we know, that the, the end of the Pitch Perfect series is that Becca rides off into the sunset with T.J. Khaled. 
Yeah, it's a depressing ending. So that is that. Any more on the high and low stuff? A previous low point we talked about uh, was very similar in vain to the Jew jokes thing, where we just are avoiding any minority bits from any characters named Flo. Yeah, that's a that's a bit in the second movie that is lessened in the third movie, but he's sort of unfortunate in the second movie. All right, so that is that. Uh, we have our stuff set out in front of us. Uh, now we got to come up with something. In previous pitches, we've talked about being, like, sort of, like, having the idea to, like, cast whoever we want and, like, having the idea of, like, using a similar sort of budget thing to what the other movies would have, but straying away from, like, insane ideas that would be, like, it's crazy. Yeah, I feel like the the casting thing, like, I don't think casting really matters all that much. Not necessarily. From what we're doing. Unless there's something where it's, like, really part of the idea is that it has to be the specific one if we're like right like when we pitched a part of the Polish Shore movie Polish Shore had to be yeah 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 or if it was like part of you know something like Twins right that's a movie where like the premise is it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and it doesn't really it does not work with other people that doesn't work with them because they're not twins that's the joke Josh that's the pre- joke of Twins <laughs> is that Danny DeVito is a very tiny man and Arnold Schwarzenegger is a big boy Anyway, if we had something like that, where it was like, this joke is essential, and it really does not work unless it's John Lovitz, then it's like, then fine, sure, we'll discuss casting. But I think for the most part, we don't really need to go into specifics like that. Unless we're talking about John Lovitz. Unless it's John Lovitz. Also, on the going crazy point, you remember that this series about an acapella group turned into, hey, I'm going to do some ninja shit on a boat and explode it. Yeah, so that is something we need to avoid, because that was a problem with Picture Ray 3, where it did something no, cool, nope. but it was not against the nature of the movie. Nope, it's not a problem, and we should do more of it. I so mean, the boat stuff is kind of the best part of that movie. Well, speaking of that, I actually want to in this one? challenge ourselves in our two previous... Perfect pitches for the perfect Ernest movie and the perfect Polly Shore movie. We fell back on a sort of grand sci-fi concept. Yeah, our it, Ernest movie is about time travel and our Polly Shore movie is about robots. And cloning. Well, robot clones. Yeah. So, so I so want us no to... no aliens? No, no aliens. Um, I think we should stay grounded in this movie and challenge ourselves. I think this is this franchise that we would have to. I sort of agree with you. I do think we should avoid going back to the same well that we went to twice in a row. I don't think that we need to make a hard and fast ban on science fiction premises, but I think we should try to avoid it. But if we're being pulled in a direction where it's like, really the best idea is they shrink down tiny and perform acapella inside of Bill Murray, and it's also a sequel to Osmosis Jones, then like... We should do that, but we should be, we think we should be challenging ourselves not to do that, but I don't think we need to force ourselves onto that. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. No, I mean, that's, I'm just raising that point as a challenge. Now, with that in mind, mm-hmm. here are the ideas that we've had over this season that I will list off to you so that maybe we can use one of them as a jumping off point. Sure, sure, sure. Ready? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. First one, pitch jam slash space pitch. Okay. That's Immediately going against the grain. Yeah, that's so also <laughs> what I was just thinking about, you know. The Galactic Acapella Federation. Yeah. I mean, that is the way that every franchise goes, though, right? After, you just... Space is the end point. Space is the place. 
and the sky's the limit. But like after a while, like Fast and the Furious just went to space nine movies in. Uh-huh. Like you just send them to space eventually. Right. Uh, the second one is too pitch too perfect. Some kind of vibe with the Fast and the Furious based off of the action sequences in Pitch Perfect Fruit. I think that mostly was just because of the title, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we could try and do an action more action oriented one. That would seems like you wouldn't want to do that. Uh, we have Ted, but with a plastic cup. Wait, what? <laughs> I assume this is a thing that I said. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I got really hung up with the cup thing. I don't really, really remember the context for this one. <laughs> well, yeah, Ted's the movie where where uh, the teddy bear talks to Mark Wahlberg. So, like, I don't know, a cup comes to life. <laughs> okay, sure, man. <laughs> don't you sure, man, me? This is your idea. I just wrote it Yeah, but you had the audacity to remember it. <laughs> I have a note from Sonny that says, first movie again, but way gayer. Oh, okay. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Pitch Perfect Requiem? Okay, well, what, what, what was that? I don't know. Well, that one's an end of days one. I guess, yeah. Pitch Perfect Apocalypse. The next one is Pitch Perfect Resurrections. Okay, is the next one Pitch Perfect Revelations? No. <laughs> the last saying? one is Pitch Perfect. They're cats oh, now. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. I mean, the thing is, cats is we we discussed this, right? I, I think at the end of the last episode, I said that Cats is a Pitch Perfect movie. Yes. Yeah, and I vehemently dis- disagreed with You're you. You're right. So we're pitching Pitch Perfect Five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just the, the podcast where we review Cats. Okay, so here's the thing. None of the cats are good. No. First movie with Gayer is the best one? Yeah. And that's doing the first movie again. Okay, like the easiest one to do is the one we've already said we shouldn't do, which is the space one. Because you just... Yeah. The big big twist is that, I mean, mean, Anna Kendrick saves the day because she can sing through space. She's the only person whose voice can be rejected through the vacuum of space. In space, no one can hear you sing. That or everyone can hear you sing. That would be our tagline. But like that, That's awful. <laughs> what in space? Everyone can hear you sing. It's, it's very bad. Yeah, it doesn't even say pitch in it. Okay, you have to. Add well, well, in the pitch. The wait, okay. In the pitch black void of space, oh, everyone can hear you sing. What if we mash up Pitch Perfect and Pitch Black, the movie that introduces all the Riddick? I haven't seen that movie, so what does that mean? Wait, you haven't seen Pitch Black? No. The first Riddick movie? No. Did you see the Chronicles of Riddick? I haven't seen any Riddick movies. Did you see Riddick? Did you play Escape from Butcher Bay? No. So you have no... Zero Riddick. <laughs> That's insane. I, I'm i in the same boat. Wait, well... Okay. You are alone. Pitch Black is is the one that I would like actually recommend Like if you're going to watch any of them. I like the Riddick movies, but they're pretty bonkers. But uh, Pitch Black is like... He's, um, I think he's like a convict that's being transported on a ship that crashes on a planet where there are monsters that come out at night. It's kind of an aliens. No, it sounds dope. It's cool. It's a cool movie. And he can, so he becomes the the protagonist because he has like special eyes that he can like see at infrared or something. Mm. And he's like a bad guy, but he has to protect them. Can't, uh, he can't get contacts because of his special eyes. Yeah. But then he has to look for his special eyes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Fisher Flags are pretty. So what if. They, <laughs> we match that up. What if? No. Okay, but here, here I'm going in a different direction, and I'm already doing the thing that we said not to do. You know what's a bit? What a, a franchise? Pitch Perfect, right? So pitch, singing, sound, voices, right? Yes. <laughs> Where are you going with this? <laughs> you know what? There's another franchise that's been quite successful recently that is also deals with those things 
But in, in that, there it's a negative. That's a bad thing in this. Sing? I don't think it's um, a negative in Sing. A quiet place? <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Is there something there? <laughs> okay, so we have an acapella competition happening What also aliens that like hate sound. So they have to do the competition, but every time they sing, it draws the monsters closer. And that's kind of the conflict. That sounds... Unwatchable? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no. We're going to go with a quiet pitch is a dumb idea. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, okay, let's go back a bit. So we're... I know you have this really fighting intention to put us back in sci-fi. Well, because you, you said to... not to do it, and now it makes me want to do it really bad. I mean, right. They have to go to space. All right, but hold on. Just one second. So... Pitch Perfect movies, we've decided that the best format for them, that one that works the most, is sports movies, right? So maybe instead of looking at sci-fi, let's take a detour down the sports lane and talk about sports oh. ideas that we can maybe use. Yeah, so this is a thing that I was actually going to say. Was I I do think the two options actually are this, the space option, which doesn't necessarily literally mean space, but the like bigger, broader, heightened stakes. Better, These faster, are- stronger. Better, well, no, not necessarily any of those things. <laughs> Other route is the opposite, where we go inward, uh, and we pull back and refocus. And, you know, smaller stakes, more intimate, back to the competition, and we, that would require, I, I think the real difference between those two is like, option one allows us to keep the same characters, essentially, because we're upping the stakes and heightening the zaniness of the scenario. Option two, I think, necessitates a new cast. Because you can't really, it's not it satisfying or believable to move these characters backwards. It right. doesn't have to be an entirely new cast, but the singing group will have to be a different cast. Yes. I think we, we've talked a lot about how we would be interested in doing a new cast. And I think, like, no offense to, like, you know, the actresses that were in the first cast are fine. I clearly love Brittany Snow and a lot of them choose them. But I think a new cast is probably better. Yeah. in general. And maybe we keep, like, a few people, like, have a cameo from Anna Kendrick or have Rebel Wilson, but I think we'd probably be much better off with just a new group of characters that we get to learn and build from, and it could be Pitch Perfect Legacy or some shit. Yeah, so that provides us a very clear, like, path, where it's like, okay, so the setting is, we're back in college. Right. The conflict, is, the, the, the overarching conflict is singing competition again. Mm-hmm. So what we need to come up with is, who are these new characters, what is their emotional conflict and, and goal? And how do we get them invested in the, the competition in a way that matters to anybody? Also without just doing the first movie again. I had an idea about this that delved from your comment about the first movie. So Speed Racer yes. is a movie where everything's up to 11. Okay. Because the whole world revolves around Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. What if, because of the way the Bellas exploded out from this college... And did amazing things on their own and created this whole standard for acapella singing. The school mm-hmm. that they originally started at is now obsessed with acapella stuff. And every extracurricular activity is acapella stuff. And it's the whole school's insane, just like your ideas for the first movie. Okay. Alright, well, I got lots of ideas. Okay. So, obviously, there it's a multiverse. And multiverse? Pitchverse? The Pitchverse and... The, it's the Bellas against the Bellas against the Bellas against the Bellas. Ah, so into the Pitcherverse. Uh, another thing that we've repeatedly <laughs> tried to have pitched on this podcast <laughs> for both Polly Shore and Ernest. And we just, without listening to 
listening to our episodes, you just burn them naturally. I love it. Uh-huh. That would be interesting. Sounds difficult. <laughs> and again, I think it relies on a sci-fi feature that we probably want to stray away from. Uh, what's your next idea? Um, I forget. You said you had a bunch of ideas? <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me you have a bunch of ideas and then just give me one. <laughs> okay. Do you um, really forget? Hold on. I'll you do- said it so confident. I can, I can do it. I believe in you. So, I believe in you with my whole heart. So, you know, I don't know. There were mostly jokes and y'all just kept talking. I mean, that's, did you listen to my list? They're all jokes. Yeah. Tell them. Tell the jokes. No, but I forget. <laughs> what oh, if we compromise and okay. we do the smaller, more refocused, intimate movie, but part of its backstory is that the space movie happened. <laughs> <laughs> and that <laughs> Becca... <laughs> What? <laughs> and Becca really did cut through space yeah, with her she voice. She cut through space and saved Earth from the alien invasion using the power of acapella and died tragically. And died she's become tragically. the figurehead of a new no. religion that's taken over the Earth. And now everyone is obsessed with acapella singing because that's the thing that saved us from the aliens. Okay, that's mine. so good. But like five steps too far. Like that's like, <laughs> you're doing what? too much. No, okay, what if, it's yeah. Complicated. <laughs> And so they all, they're all like in the shadow of Becca. In mine, they would already be in that shadow. It's just that she's a successful music producer instead of a successful space martyr. What if she became the president? And now there's this thing where it's like, acapella singing is like a thing that like you get pushed into by like your type A parent because they're like, look, the most successful person who's ever lived is Becca from the Barton Bellas. The world's great, the president for life and the most powerful person on the earth. And this person is like, I love singing, but I don't love Machiavellian power struggles. And they have to get their their arc is they have to get past this idea that acapella is a step to becoming the president and is in fact just like an art in and of itself. Or because schools are so proud of their alumni, the Barden, I guess, is the college Barden yes. College is just like, hey, we want acapella to be the thing we export now and force everybody into because one student is a famous person now. Just like any other college yeah. where a famous person graduated. Okay, so so it's like when the uh, the like when Pitch Perfect three was happening, the school was failing. It was like a total dump, and they were gonna go under. And then the success of Becca pulls them back over top. But now they're like, we're gonna be destroyed if we don't every couple of years produce an acapella sensation. Because that's what's expected of them now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now it's like. It's like the first movie, but it's much higher pressure. Exactly. It's like a school-wide competition that's like a smaller stakes, but it's still like a bunch of people in the school that are like rides like a big tournament of school acapella groups, and they have like 20 of them. Okay. So my concern with this, though, it does seem like we're kind of setting up an arc for this movie where the characters triumph as they decide to stop acapella singing. Yes. This is the last movie in the franchise. But uh, It I, might not be. I my, my also pitch for that would have been... They take up instruments and become a band. What if it's the opposite? What if acapella the is opposite? What if it's the opposite? Okay. Uh, what if acapella is like frowned? I don't, I want to say outlawed, but I know you're not gonna let me do that. Um, what if that's frowned upon? What if it's like they're an underground acapella group? What if they're not even part of the school? And because I feel like 
it seems kind of shitty to be like, this is the last movie, and our message is, Acapella is not that great. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like we should end on a celebration of Acapella. Okay, yeah. but how do you... A celebration. How do you justify that, though? Because in the realm of the universe, like, Anna Kendrick and the group are, like, amazing, and everything they do is great. Before them... America never won internationals before them. Mm. The school wasn't known for anything. Like, they broke records of yeah. everything, especially for women acapella groups mm. in that universe. Disco so, Demolition Night. There's a backlash against acapella because of how famous Becca and the Bellas become after P- Pitch Perfect 3. Now everyone hates acapella because they've been oversaturated with it. Okay. And then the, the school bands. There's like a riot. There's like a like I said, like a disco demolition night. There's like a riot at a acapella show because everyone hates acapella so much. School bans acapella. So this is a footloose situation. Yeah, it's footloose. You're pitch perfect footloose. Yes. Okay, I can. Because that get way we down with that. I guess the triumph is that is the return of acapella, and it's not a refutation of the values of acapella singing. Okay, how do you feel about that, Sonny? Seems fine, I guess. Okay, but hear me out. If it's this one where it's like acapella is, is the star has fallen, everyone hates it. There's no acapella at Barden College anymore. The uh, the Bellas are seen as pariahs and outcasts. We could have a thing where they like find like sad recluse Anna Kendrick and like bring her back, and she could be like their caustic mentor because like she hates acapella now. Because, like, okay, her like association that. with it has ruined her career. And then I she, like that. But and then she throws out. away the lightsaber. But switch up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, son of <laughs> What about we do that, but we switch out Anna Kendrick for Rebel Wilson? Okay, Rebel... They have to get Rebel I don't, Wilson I don't that. know if that fits, though. I think Rebel Wilson should be, like, the last, like... She's still doing her, like, one-woman show. <laughs> Everyone hates her. The last vestige of Acapella. Or maybe she's like fucking like she's like Dr. Breen from Half Life 2. Like she's the betrayer of Acapella. <laughs> okay. We're getting too far. Uh, <laughs> well, I have I like the idea of having her be like one of the commentators. Rebel Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Cool. I had a completely unrelated idea to the one y'all have been talking All about. Alright, tell us about it. Hear it. Um I didn't work it out entirely because I was That's also fair. listening to y'all talk. But it's on you for so, Anna Kendrick, big old music producer, right? She's probably successful now. Mm-hmm. What if she's representing Rebel Wilson and they're auditioning a new cast of girls to join Rebel Wilson's group? And okay, Ooh, so what if they're auditioning it. a new group of girls to make a movie? Yes, to make a movie. I literally just thought that. <laughs> so it's about the making of Pitch Perfect inside of the Pitch Perfect universe. Yeah. <laughs> And Rebel Wilson's the director, and Anna Kendrick is the music supervisor. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. I like that. What's the conflict? Uh, No one wants this movie. No one wants the movie. I think the conflict is between Anna Kendrick and Rebel Wilson. Oh, so they're back to being the main characters. And then the the cast is our secondary characters. Okay. I kind of like that. Because, like, they're, they're best friends or whatever, but this is, like, a big old project, and it's going to, like, make them fight, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And maybe they don't agree with what girl should get this part, and they have a specific girl that they're backing up, mm-hmm. and those are she, all and, and of, the, of the new main characters that are replaced, like, I guess. 
these two girls specifically. Okay. What if that's half of our plot? Okay, so what is the other half? The other half of that plot is, like, an actual new group of girls becoming successful at Barden. And when Rivolson, Fat Amy, and uh, Anna Kendrick's Becca have their fight, and they get to Barden and see the other plot happening of these other group of girls doing well and learning what it actually means to be successful and, and how they're just having a, a good time, then it makes the movie successful. Turns into an a- acapella off between the two groups. Maybe. Or at least that could be a riff off. Um, I think we're getting too complicated again. Maybe, I, yeah, maybe I that's know. my fault. I don't know. I mean, I figured the riff-off would be an easy way to be included with the audition stuff. Riff-off with the auditions. Yeah, or you could even have it be like a thing where while they're making the movie, they're like, ah, oh, you're too, like, stiff. You gotta loosen up. Here's Here, the thing we used to do. Fun game. So this yeah. is a meta-commentary on the Pitch Perfect movies. As a French. Yeah, so maybe, maybe the conflict is that, like, Becca wants the movie to be more true to their real experience and like a Pitch Perfect movie. And Fat Amy is like, let's put spies and explosions in it and send them to space. <laughs> yeah. And she like keeps like blowing the movie up into like these crazy proportions. Yeah, and there's like a scene of like them like singing in space. And it just doesn't and like and uh we're not actually gonna do this. The connection immediately appeared in my mind about Rebel Wilson trying to get them to sing like she was in space. You know what's really great about this idea is that we can still do the Anna Kendrick's voice cuts through space idea. Like, that's an idea that Amy has in the, in the movie. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then it's like, maybe we could still have the thing where they go and they see, like, whatever the current version of the Bellas are or whatever, and then it's like... They remember what's actually important. Yeah, yeah, and, and Fatty was like, okay, so let's cut out most of the space stuff. Leave one scene where your voice travels through space. Yeah, and maybe, like, uh... I don't know. What's going on with Becca? Maybe she's like... Maybe it's like two things, right? Like, it's like... She's like sugarcoating it. Like, maybe it's... We do kind of comment on the, like... She's like making them nice. And it's like... We were jerks to each other. Yeah. And then it's like... When they go to see the thing, it's like... Fat Amy sees the performance. And then Becca sees, like, some behind-the-scenes thing where they're having a conflict. And she's like... Oh, you know what? We were mean to each other. Yeah. So let's make a movie where they're mean on Earth and not nice in space. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of digging this. Do we think this is in vain with the Pitch Perfect movies? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think I like this idea a lot. Is this what we want to center our pitch on? I think it's the best one that we have so far. Is this... Does this carry the spirit of Pitch Perfect? Outside of Essentials... Do we feel this, that this plot line that we're coming out with is in vain of the same movies? Well, it's still got the whole competition thing going without we have uh, us having to redo the whole competitions that they've already done. Right. Like, yeah. we have already seen them do norm- like those competitions. This is still a competition-feeling thing while being It's got the career thing. stuff. It's got acapella singing. It's got Fat Amy in it. Yeah. That's, like, all six things. <laughs> So, like, I think we we pretty much got it. Okay. So our Pitch Perfect 4 is going to be about them trying to make a movie about themselves. So, like, at the end of Pitch Perfect 3, right, Becca is assumedly going to become very successful. Like, all of those opening acts for DJ Khaled that we all know so well can name off the top of our heads. Yeah. And Fat Amy is rich now, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Because she realizes that she has the thing. So maybe she's financing the movie. That's why there's all this room for conflict. It's not like they're working with a studio. Mm-hmm. It's like she's financing the movie and... And we realize that she... Like, Is later throughout a- the movie, we realize that she misses all, like, the girls. And that's why she's doing this. And, like, there's a deep sadness within Fatty and me. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Is there a director, or is Fat Amy the director and the producer? I think she's the director and the producer. Unless we want to bring back more of the cast, because we could bring back Brittany Snow's Chloe for something. What do we bring back Lily to be the director, and that's why the conflict is between these two characters that aren't the director, because the actual director is too quiet to hear what she's saying. She's not <laughs> quiet anymore. She, Satan yeah. left her body. Well, Satan comes we back. can't do that. Off Satan screen. Comes back off screen. <laughs> That is the we, title of the we have a cold open where she <laughs> touches a cursed idol, and then it cuts to the rest of the plot of the movie. I don't know. I feel like Sad Amy could be the director. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Is that's why the movie sucks. Becca the writer? Or is no, great? you said she's the music producer. Okay. But why does she have so much say over the plot and tone of the movie? Because she's, she's part of it. Right? Yeah, I guess she's Also, just, they're, like, best friends. Yeah, yeah I guess just, it's just that she keeps seeing these things and then going to Fat Amy and being like, hey. Yeah. Like, and then the whole the whole joke is, like, you're just the music producer. Why are you coming yeah. with us? And she's like, I probably your friends. That kind of thing. There's no friends in Hollywood. In independently produced movies about acapella groups. <laughs> okay. She's probably more than just the music producer, because this is a movie that Fat Amy's making, and Becca's her best friend. Yeah, no, she's, like, doing this thing for the movie that, like... Kendrick did for Black Panther or Beyonce did for like The Lion King where it's like your your next album is going to be the soundtrack to this movie about you in college. <laughs> so it's like a big thing. It's a, a big thing for her career too. Okay. Fat Amy's like, I'm going to become a movie mogul by making this movie about myself. Okay. Yeah. Let's pull back. Let's start doing like the basics of what we're looking at here. So the setting is... Outside. Hollywood. Well, close. it's this. It's the set for. Are they? Is the movie just called Pitch Perfect? I, we haven't decided. I think we should do title last. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, is the movie they're making going to be called Pitch Perfect? Yes. Probably not. Probably no, not. Probably not. Probably, probably, not. probably have like it. Probably be a pun on the Bella's name or something. I feel like Fat Amy would come up with like a ridiculous amount of long names. Yeah. It would and, like every time she says it, it changes. It would definitely have the word Bella in it. And it would have probably, probably have Fat Amy's name somewhere on there. Fat Amy and the story of the Barton Bellas. Okay, so Fat Amy wants to make a movie. <laughs> do, you, do you want to hit the ejector button on this idea? No, no, no. I think it's a good idea. Um, though this is the second one in a row where it's about... We were like, what if it's about the person making the movies that they made? Because that's kind of what we, our previous wait, one. y'all did this already? Our Pauly Shore pitch is a meta commentary on Pauly Shore's career where he interacts with a robot they built to replace him in the kinds of movies he used to make. <laughs> yeah, so we don't have to do this. We can back out of this. But what do we back out into? We keep talking about it. Keep brainstorming. No, I think let's explore I mean, this the one idea more. I like the most out of this idea was the one where... We just have a new cast, and it's the Speed Racer version of Barton School. I mean, also, it's, it's like the first one, but everything is ramped up, and yeah, or the underground pitch one that you had, where the all acapella is outlawed at a specific college. I hate Footloose. Okay, no Footloose. So, so what? How do you feel about the one where it's just super into acapella? The thing is, like, what do we do to differentiate it from the first movie? So yeah. I was thinking about this, right? 
The thing with the first movie is that Becca wants to be a music producer, and she's sort of embarrassed by the idea of the acapella thing, but because... She's like anti-social earlier on. She doesn't even want to go to college. She just wants to go to Hollywood. Yeah. But her dad forces her to go to college and like get involved in shit to have a good time. Yeah. So she doesn't want to sing because she has a different goal initially. And then she, over the course of the movie, becomes invested in the. Yes, because of that one time that she was naked with the other girl. She's naked in the shower, the shower scene. So, like, if we're going to have a new protagonist, what is their conflict with singing? Why don't they want to sing? Or is it about that they really want to sing and they're not allowed? Like those are like our two options, right? Like yeah. either they want they don't want to sing and they have to, or well, they do. They want already to sing and they did. So they don't want to sing. Yeah. So we idea. do. They do want to sing, but I don't know. The group hates them or something. Or maybe they have the opposite kind of dad or parent. Maybe they're like you know they want to sing, but they're like you have to focus on your studies and become a doctor or whatever. All right, here's my idea. Okay, they. Want to get into music. Sure. But they want to play an instrument of some sort. They don't actually want to... Like, they want to be in a band. Uh, they don't want to sing. I think too close and to Becca. hold on. They want to sing. They want to be They want to like be in a band. But when they get to the school, they only care about acapella. They don't care about instruments or bands or whatever, because acapella was the thing that made them successful. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the movie, she gets people to get back into being into bands. I don't. I think that's I'm so stupid. I'm opposed okay. to the idea of making the movie be like anti acapella. Okay, the are... is fine, but it shouldn't be. All right, fine. Okay, it shouldn't be what. So we can't dial acapella up to eleven. We're we, not doing that. How is that dial we, acapella up to eleven? That's we, that's I'm, hey, let's not do acapella and do this thing. I'm, a, I'm not opposed to dialing up to eleven. I don't think but we need to make the, acapella like, be the antagonist of the movie. Okay, then what would be the conflict of that movie? Maybe she's like a punk rock acapella person. And she wants to do it outside of the system. <laughs> punk rock acapella? But she's punk rock acapella and she, and it's just like the, the, the like triumph is she like she doesn't go to the competition at the end. And she performs acapella on the street for homeless people. Okay. And that includes, there could be underground acapella there that's more punk than there is pop. No, we're getting, I don't know. But now this is just like reversed backed into Footloose. Where it's like <laughs> you're still fighting against the system, but the system is acapella. What if she's? What if our protagonist is a, literally afraid to sing for some reason? She was in a hostage situation when she was younger and sung to comfort herself and expose her location to the criminal. That is so dark. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> I now we're not doing pitch perfect split. Okay. So I I think there's merit in the punk idea. Because the majority of acapella songs, covers, and mashups throughout these movies is pop song. Mm-hmm. So there is not enough genre mixing. So that there is some room there to work. What if we combine you know I know this is gonna sound like it doesn't make any sense. What if we combine the Pro and anti acapella ideas into one. Okay. Premise. Okay. So Becca and the Bellas get really popular after the end of the third movie. Yes. Barden College becomes this hotbed for acapella. Okay. The dean is a very serious person. Okay. And as the college gets more and more taken over by acapella, decides that it's distracting from people's studies and bans acapella. All of the clubs are actually acapella groups also, but in secret. So, like, math club. They have to pretend to be a math club in order to not get busted by the dean. 
But they're secretly an acapella group. They okay. were already acapella groups, though. No. They were in the riff-off in the first one, it's just like a bunch of random groups of people all filling that pool area. That's true. Yeah, but I there was like Sacabellas and like Stoners. In, in the, I mean, they in the riff-off like, section, they there were like so many club. people. It wasn't like math club or anything. I'm but so pretty we, sure there was. Whether or not they were also acapella groups in the first one, we ramped that up. So now they're all private. They're all secret acapella groups. Acapella is frowned upon at the school. Our protagonist wants to do acapella, but can't because um, why can't they? Stage because everybody fright. else is doing it in secret. Stage fright. Stage fright. They're the they they're suck. the daughter of the no, acapella dean. They suck. They, they suck. suck. Yeah. Okay. So our protagonist is someone who's bad at singing. Yes. Okay. I like that. That that's good. Okay, we don't, we don't need to do the weird secret thing. If it's, if, we, if our hook no, is just. No, we can do both. We, if we need to, but if we, that's putting, we're putting lots of hats on top of hats. Okay. If so, our, our hook can just be, it's pitch perfect, but now our protagonist is bad at singing. Yeah, and then like, uh, yeah, the end of the true. movie. That's, that like, movie's just kind of already done then. A little bit. What do you mean? I mean, if it's just pitch perfect again, but she's bad at singing. Well, I mean, it's like pitch perfect in that it is a movie about a acapella group at a college, but our protagonist is bad at singing. So they're bad. She shows up. She wants to sing acapella. Why? Because she, is she inspired by Becca? Sure. Okay. She's really That's bad. Why at, she looks exactly like her. She looks exactly like she's played by Anna Kendrick again. But <laughs> <laughs> Anna Kendrick has like the smooth. Yeah, we've Evan Hansen her. <laughs> and <laughs> she's bad at singing. Because that's the thing, right? Like, okay, Becca is good at singing, but doesn't want to do it initially and has to be cajoled into doing it. This person's bad. They want to do it. They want to do it, but they are constantly turned down. Okay. What changes? What actually happens? What happens after they get turned down where they're like, that keeps the movie going so they're not just a sad person? Aliens. No, I think think we have to tie it back. They hire someone to... No, no. I think we have to tie it back to the underground acapella stuff. Okay, well. Because she's bad at singing, so she gets rejected by, like, the group, like, premier acapella thing. So she joins a bad one. She joins a bad one. And then the bad one eventually gets successful somehow. So this is Monsters U? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, Monsters U. We're doing Monsters U. Okay, so she joins... The end result of this is college doesn't matter, and they go get jobs at a factory. Yeah, and then it turns out that that jobs don't matter, and then they become comedians. Yes. Okay, so it's like the so the group she gets rejected from has to be the Bellas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does she get accepted into the the broken down, disgraced troublemakers? As like the 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 girl of the group. Well, maybe they're just they're just unisex now. Like okay. enough time has passed that it's like. So we're doing. So we're actually instead of doing an all girl group, we're doing a. Our main group is going to be guys and girls. Yeah, I think sure, sure. The okay. troublemakers are they're they've they're at some point they just relax their standards. Sure. And now they're like so disgraced that they just accept this person who's bad at singing. <laughs> um <laughs> Does she become good at singing or does she figure out a way to use her bad singing to be good? Is the end result auto tuning? I think she no. needs she needs a special skill that's not singing. But can make people think that she's good at singing. <laughs> Lip syncing? <laughs> he hires someone who's good at singing to like sing off stage, <laughs> and she lip syncs to this person, and then this is really stupid. This is really stupid. 
<laughs> Man, it has been over an hour. We are struggling. Uh, yeah. yeah, this one's hard. This is harder than the other ones. The thing yeah. is, it would be really easy if we could just do space pitch, pitch jam. But yeah. I know that that's like, that's really seems like a crutch at this point. I honestly think the best one so far has been the movie. Okay. I like the movie one. Okay. So we've talked about like how our previous stuff is like sci-fi-ish and we already did a meta one. Were we cool with doing another potential meta one? Yeah, I think that's fine. I don't want to fall into like a... We've done two meta ones. We've done two sci-fi ones. So we just won't be allowed to do meta for the next one. All right. So let's go through our central characters, right? We have Fat Amy and we have Becca. Those are our two returning characters who are important in this. Yes. Again, I question settings. Hollywood? Sure. Yeah, man. I mean, it's the set of the movie, I think, is our main setting. Okay. So Fat Amy has become very rich because of the thing she got from her dad or from her mom. To counteract her dad. She's got that secret bank account. She's really rich. But she hasn't really accomplished anything. Her, like, Fat Amy Winehouse shows have stalled out. She's not doing those anymore. They were never really that successful. But she's got the the wealth. And so she wants to make this movie to make herself feel like she's accomplished something. And that's why her standards are so high. That it can't just be, like, her actual life story. It has to be this, like, larger-than-life thing. Because her actual life story led her to the place she is now, which she's dissatisfied with. And Becca, what does she want? We talked about her having like graduation goggles where she like remembers it like being nice and better and she wants to be more true to the story. And then she like goes and sees that it wasn't all as great as she thought it was. So yeah. she wants to help her friend make a movie about the good times they have and their friends and, you know, the Bella stuff. Yeah. But also, I think she should want to EGOT. She I wants think, to EGOT? Yeah. Because she's like super successful. She's like, oh, I'll do this Is that music for this movie. Subplot yeah, that's her career subplot with her. Okay. But then it's like, hmm. I don't know. Okay, so. I wrote it down. What what is, we, you know, it's like, what's her. Wait, so are, are they acting in this movie too? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, she's going to win an Oscar for the music. Okay. And she's already won a Grammy for her, um, so whatever, her what's music. The, right? e? the E is Emmy. She's won an Emmy? No, maybe she hasn't won an Emmy. Well, I mean, she could have. Maybe she did, like, a TV special. What about T? What's T? Tony. Did she win a Tony? Sure. What's, what they did a jukebox musical based on her songs. Okay. So she's going for her Oscar of her EGOT. Yeah. So she's accomplished, like, almost everything. Yeah. And Fat Amy is still just like, you know, I had a one-woman show that got shut down by the health inspector. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's a hundred percent a joke they would. No, make. I know. Yeah. It's just like it's sad. <laughs> okay, so then Becca like comes in like with this career in mind. She wants the movie to be more down to earth, where they just don't go to fucking space and yeah. do crazy shit, and have the movie make sense. Yeah, maybe like Fatty was like totally lost it. Maybe she's like <laughs> just insane. Not insane, but she's like she hasn't done anything, so she just like does a lot of weird shit with it. Maybe she's like oh, we'll actually film the movie in space, and she's like doing yeah. like weird. Like, rich person, like, Elon Musk, shoot your car into space type stunts. And she overcomplicates every single aspect of it. Yeah. Right, which leads to a big fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last time we... Well, the last two times we've done this, we did Seven Point Plot Show. I think we should probably just do that again, because it's worked you, pretty well. You did mention you had another... Yeah, I did, I, I, I'm lazy, and I didn't really do the work that I said I was going to do. Okay, let's go back to Seven Point Plot Structure, then. Sonny, are you familiar with that at all? I, I know the number seven. Yeah, well, that's good. That's half of it. Or I guess a third of it. 
It's just like, it's a, you know, it's a way to structure a story. It, it centers around like seven, like, key points where the plot changes. We're just going to go through them. I'll explain them as we go, get to them and we'll figure out what they are for this movie. All right. We're starting off with the hook, uh, the character starting point. So the hook is that Fat Amy wants to make a movie. Yeah. The hook is also supposed to be the opposite of our eventual resolution. So it's Fat Amy wants to make a movie that is incomprehensible and insane and is in conflict with Becca's more grounded artistic aspirations. We have to have, like, the whole cast... Like, the casting is a big part of this because that's, like, the, the pitch-perfect competition part of this movie. So maybe we could start the conflict there, where it's, like, Fat Amy wants to cast people that are going to make her look good. Right. And, like, Becca wants to cast people to give them a shot at, like, oh, these are, like, the next up-and-coming people. And Fat Amy's yeah. like, I want, like... Charlie Theron to play me in the movie, <laughs> and that's like where yeah, their conflict. Charlie Theron come on the fat suit. <laughs> <laughs> that's like where their conflict starts, and like with the casting, and like Becca gets the people she wants to be casted as like extras, so they're like they're on set. Okay, hold on, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So the hook is Fat Amy wants to be in a movie that's insane and against Becca's more grounded goals, and it's a movie about. We went back to the Meadowell. And then the next one is plot, plot Turn 1. So what is Plot Turn 1 against that? So Plot Turn 1 is where the events that set your story into motion and moves you from the beginning to the midpoint. It introduces the conflict, and the character's world changes. This is where okay, they so this is where they meet the girls that are auditioning. Mm-hmm. What, is the, what is the conflict with the casting, though? I mean, it's that, it's that Fat Amy likes one person, Becca likes another person to play like the main role. Okay, yeah. I think Fat Amy hates all of them and wants to just try to get, like, the original people from the Bellas to play their own characters. What if she wants, what if she (laughs) hates them and she wants to CGI in versions (laughs) of themselves to play the main characters? Yes. And so it's like when they show Fat Amy filming the version of the movie she wants, it's just a bunch of people in, like, mocap suits. That's really funny, but, like, we are looking for competition and rivalry, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was just saying, maybe Becca gets the people that she wants to be cast, who should actually be the cast, as, like, background extras or something. So they're both there on set. Okay. I don't know. This is not how movies work. (laughs) What is... Okay. Let's dial it back. What are the... So... (sighs) (laughs) What is the... What is the conflict? I, th- I don't know. We're going to abandon this and go to something else. I Maybe Fat like... Amy shouldn't be the antagonist. We're making Fat Amy be the antagonist. Maybe she should oh, just be man. there and be funny. Yeah. And we have somebody else who's the antagonist, who's like a Hollywood executive or something. Okay. Okay. What do you want to be super meta and make Elizabeth Bensel? <laughs> what is that? Like, so her character from the previous movie? It's like, that's yeah, her career. Also, become... director, picture. <laughs> I maybe. What is the competition element you're thinking of? I mean, it was basically just the them auditioning, trying to get the part, and I guess the the I was thinking those girls would be bigger. Yeah, maybe there are than okay. Y'all were maybe there are protagonists. Well, maybe this fat Amy Becca conflict is in the background, or maybe not. Yeah, in the movie at all plot. Okay. Well, kind of. I mean, it's like the main plot, but not really what we're focused okay, on. Okay, so maybe... I'm lost. Am I deleting all the things I wrote? I, th- I think ma- maybe the movie's not about making the movie. Maybe the movie is about an acapella competition, and the prize is you get to be in the movie. And then we can cut occasionally to Becca and Fat AB being in conflict, and that's like our career subplot. But it's like not really part of the main plot. Oh, okay. So Becca convinces Fat Amy that there should be a tryout for 
OG, like Bellas from the college to be in the movie, but our new Bellas mm-hmm. is general. So there's a competition happening at the school that leads to the whoever, whatever acapella wins that competition is going to be the cast of the movie. Sure. Maybe our protagonist wants to be in the movie but doesn't give a shit about singing and then learns to like singing over the course of the movie. Yeah, I guess. It's, I guess, it's very but, similar to the first but, one. Yeah, that's, it's, I mean, that's Becca again. Yeah. I mean, that's, is that, that's fine though, right? Is it that fine? Be fine? I feel like we're being... It's weird that we're doing Becca again while Becca's in the movie. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, they did that in two, kinda. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Emily. You're right. Okay. Where are we at? What are we saying? What's going I on? I deleted everything. You I deleted know. everything. <laughs> oh, golly. Um, I don't know what we're doing. Okay. What if? Pitch I think Perfect... it should just be about a competition. <laughs> okay. What if Pitch Perfect 4 is, um, a baseball movie. What if it's a baseball movie? Yes. Okay. Baseball yes. Movie. You had said this earlier, and I railroaded over you. Let's do. Let's 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 go back to what you're saying. Let's look at some sports movies. Okay. And figure out how we can adapt a, a, the conflict and structure from a sports movie into a new Pitch Perfect. Movie. All right. And nobody in this group is a big fan of sports movies. I like sports. But we've all seen sports movies. Are fine. Yeah. I. I okay. Agree. Fine. I'm a liar. Everybody in this group, except for me, is big into sports movies. They're huge. I love. Um, What's the best sports I, movie? I forget. The Titans. Remember the Titans. <laughs> Good joke. <laughs> okay. Um, What's the best sports movie? Well, no. Let's go around the table and say what our favorite sports movie is. Okay. Maybe we could uh, build off of that. So, My favorite sports movie is Love and Basketball. I don't know if I have one. Basketball. Basketball? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> or Dodgeball. I like comedy sports movies. Okay. And Interesting. I was a big fan of Dodgeball growing up. Dodgeball's great. I, I it, like Dodgeball. Like, it has the best commentators. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't remember the plot of Dodgeball. I know that they're a scrappy team and they're up against a big corpo team that is Ben Stiller. Yes. Who may or may not also be his character from Heavyweights. Yes. But I don't. other than that, I don't really remember what the plot structure of that movie is. He's being audited and they fall in love. Okay. What? How <laughs> <laughs> you accepted it and then So Love and Basketball is about two people who are pursuing co- professional careers in basketball who meet when they're younger and have a long-term off and on again romance structured around their careers as basketball players. Right. Could we do that? Uh, maybe. We lose the ensemble. It's about, but it's like the problem that these movies have that we are also facing is it's like acapella is like a thing you do in college, famously. Even before Pitch Perfect existed, the college acapella group was like a joke about a thing someone does in college. Uh-huh. That is not a thing that's really impactful in the rest of the world. We do have now like people who are on like YouTube who do acapella stuff. There's those people that did the soundtrack for Crash Twin Sanity. Mm-hmm. Spiral Mouth, I believe, is the name of that group. In Dodgeball, it's about two competing gyms. Okay. And then... Did you look it up? Yes. I could just tell you. Okay, tell us, because I totally forgot. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. I remember enjoying it. That's it. Yeah, so there's competing gyms. Uh, ben Stiller wants to buy the other gym and turn it into a parking lot. And Vince Vaughn is like, no. So they, he makes this shitty team and... Embarrasses the shit out of Ben Stiller, and All right. Ben Stiller leaves and Let- goes gets fat. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, that is the end of that movie. Um, okay, so what if it, we do the competition thing? We go back to college, we go back to competition, but it's more about the competition. We have a character who's on one team, the characters on the other team, 
and they are connected and in direct conflict. Maybe it's Romeo and Juliet more so than the first movie, where that's like a non-issue, really. They like make it an issue and then also make it not an issue. So like it's it's we don't have to do the like they want to sing they don't want to sing they want to sing they want to win they're in conflict with because they have an emotional connection to the person who's on the other team who also wants to win and be the top. So we're going more rom com. Yeah, more rom com. What if they're like like a high school couple? Yes. So okay. So they're they're a high school couple. They go to college. To the same college. Right. Or to different colleges. No, same college. Same college. Same college. They join... And they can't join the same acapella groups because they're all divided by gender. Okay. And then the, the result of that is the end of the movie, all the acapella groups, just whoever is allowed to join. Well, I think the end of the gender movie is that the dude is like, you're a better singer and you deserve to win and I'll support you. Like, that should be the end of the movie. No, yeah, but like, <laughs> the resolution to the fact that all the acapella groups are divided along gender lines is that... They're just like, they merge and no one, it doesn't matter. Okay, so they're like a, this, they're, yeah, so they're this like high school couple. They get to the college and the acapella scene is more cutthroat than they were expecting. Okay. Yeah. And they do something shitty to each other. Aww. Which yeah. separates them. And then they're, they're like, I have to beat him in the competition to show him who's boss. Are they both the main characters, or is she the main character? I think they're both the main characters. Yeah. I guess they're, yeah. See, this is, it's like Love and Basketball. Except they're not in direct competition with Love and Basketball. They're just both basketball players. Because there's not intergender basketball in college, really. Okay, so what happens, though? What do they do that puts them into conflict? Besides just, like, they're in the competition against each other. Is it just that one of them beats the other one and is, like, shitty about it? Or their team is shitty about it and they don't stand up? Well, one of them is a sore loser. The dude's a sore loser? Yeah, okay. I was saying, we don't even have to have him specifically be a sore loser, but it's like, his team wins and they gloat viciously and he just doesn't do anything to step in. I'm going to backtrack on the gender line stuff. We can also just make it, like, it doesn't have... It could be a gay couple. Oh, yeah, we should... We we did... (laughs) One of our ideas was first one, but gayer. Maybe we should just make them both be girls. Yeah, that's fine. And then there's a shitty thing that happens, and they just go off into separate acapella groups that go off against each other. And acapella groups could be, like, co-ed, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And the gender stuff just doesn't matter. Okay, sure. That, that sounds better, actually. Okay. So, what is the conflict besides this? just that they both want to win? There's some relationship drama. Like, the one of them does something without telling the other one. Does what without telling the other one? No. Joins an acapella group? No. Here's what it is. There's... You know, it's competition day, or maybe not the big competition, but, you know, one of the day, things leading up to it, and one of them sabotages the, like, kind of misleads the other one so that they end up being late, and their their group loses that day. Maybe there's a year age difference between them. One of them gets to college first, and he's already in the acapella group. The other one tries out for it, and the older one is like, this other person is better than you, we have to go with this other person and specifically like rejects their girlfriend from being in the acapella group. Okay. And then she has to join some other team. Like same, like the, the footloose one or whatever we were doing before. Like it's not about you. It's about the fact that we just want to win. Yeah. Right. Like I still love you. And so then the one that got rejected comes back and wins. Yeah. Okay. 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 We could build off of that. I like that. Okay. 
So the hook is a high school romance turns to ugly competitions between two different acapella groups at Barton College. Yes. Yeah, and we can have... Look, Fatty and me can be an announcer, and then we can have Becca come back and be a judge for the last competition. Or, like, the winner of the competition gets to be, like, understudies to her as a music phenomenon. I guess. I mean, she's a music something or other. She's, um, DJ Khaled, too. Yeah. She's okay. absorbed DJ Khaled. And become a gestalt being called right. Bacalid. Uh, to make things easier <laughs> for us right now, let's name the couple. Sure. And figure out who's what. So we're going to do a two-girl couple? Yeah. I mean, that makes okay. sense. Let's come up with it. We're so good at coming up with names. Let's do it right now and come up with some names. Uh, my first thought was Angela. Angela's... No. no. Okay. <laughs> Give me a better one, Sonny. Um, See, it's hard. It's hard to come up with names. Michelle. Michelle is you know what? Fine. The name that Nate was insisted upon existed last time but didn't exist. Courtney. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. We'll finally have Courtney. <laughs> Better than Angela. All right, Courtney. I'm looking I'm at a random name Courtney. generator. Uh, what about... Um, these are already characters in the sh- movies. Tatiana? Frida? I thought the Katya? Nemesis? <laughs> Nemesis? <laughs> I, I like Katya. Katya's good. Okay. One of them is one year older than the other one. Alright, let's make Courtney our protagonist. Okay. Like our, like, Katya's the older one. Katya's the older one. Right? Sure, sure. That makes sense. Older by a year? Yeah, so she's already been at the college for a while and established herself. And, and maybe that's, like, part of what's kind of fucked about it, is it's, like, maybe the first time they've, like, looked to her for, like, you make the decision, like... You're newbie. You've been around for a year. Like, this is your time to make an important decision for us. And her first important decision is, let's not have my girlfriend be on the team. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like it's like a high-stress situation. She's like, the other Wait, one. so they're breaking up then. Yeah, they, you'll, they'll, they'll maybe get back together, but they're deaf no. breaking up. No, I, Courtney's too good for that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. I brothers. love how we go from, yeah, I guess her name could be Courtney, but Courtney's too good for that. So they, yeah, well, she is. That I mean, this bitch just fucking dropped her. But yeah, no. But so they they do break up, but I don't think they should break up immediately because I think that that's a good yeah. like, character decision point for Courtney. It's like they're in this messy space where it's like, are we still together? Like you just yeah, did yeah. this to me, like, and then she makes the decision, like, okay, we're we're broken up. Like I can't be right. around you. Got it. All right. So get back to seven point plot structure. The hook: high school romance turns to ugly competition between two different new generation groups. Plot turn one is what we're talking about now. Is what she is. Courtney comes to the school, meets up with Katya, and tries to join the same acapella group, but gets rejected by a split decision by Katya. Yeah. So maybe they like lost the previous year. So she's like really like on edge about like we need to win, Mm -hmm. and which is why she makes this really mercenary decision to choose some other person. Wait. Okay. So is this? Still gonna be a romantic, or is this like a revenge story? I think we just have, we have to introduce another love interest for Courtney. Yeah, right? we definitely have to. I mean, they can if it's gonna be romantic, no, uh, uh-uh. okay, okay, no. We can't just close down one avenue when we haven't even figured out the whole story yet. This bitch. Okay. <laughs> Why are you so mad? That's horrible. Okay, yeah, no. So we, just, we have to now. We have to come up with another. What if her love interest is the person she lost? <laughs> Or maybe it's somebody that doesn't have anything to do with acapella. We have a B-plot where there's, like, a science student, and she's, like, building a robot. And that's her love interest. Then we can get that robot part that you wanted in there so bad in there. Or maybe she's in the Model UN or something. 
Plot turn one, Courtney tries out for Katya's acapella group, comes down to tie between her and another, and Katya's split second involved decision chooses against Courtney. Yes. Pinch point one is next. This is where you apply pressure that is often used to introduce the antagonist. Is, is this where they break up? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, our antagonist is Katya, I guess, now. I, I guess yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. She sucks. She's a bitch. But so, like, this, rather than introducing the antagonist, this is where the protagonist and the antagonist just separate. So. Courtney makes the decision to break up with Katya, who's, like, trying to, like, play paper over it. Like, no, no, it's like, I, you know, eh, looks cool. You can, I'm sure you can <laughs> find another group. Okay. Courtney makes the decision to break up with Katya and then joins a competing acapella Yes. She was actually. I don't think she searches out um, this competing acapella group. I think pretty woman comes over and says, "Hey, what's up? You look sad. You're naked in the shower, like in the first one." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, look, you look sad. You want to come, but like, and it's but not. It, they're not even like a, a group that's like trying to do the competition. They're just people that hang out and just sing for fun, and then okay. they hear about uh, this bitch, and then they're like, "All right." Well, we'll help you take her down. And so they join the competition. Okay, so it joins a group of just people who... This is how we do the riff-off, right? She's hanging out with these people. They do a riff-off together. They're like, damn, we're actually really good. Let's become an acapella group. <laughs> and take down that bitch cop. Yes. Okay, fine. Join a group of people who are chill and want to help her feel less sad. And... They do some sort of riff off, but it's like it's like we get back to the original. Like it's just like a fun thing people are doing. Together. Right, it's some sort of riff on cheer up, and then decide. Are Katya's group the Bellas? Yes. Okay. Ooh, dark. The Bellas are the bad guys now. That's good. You live, all, good you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. When you're just a, a big group of people that doesn't contain any of the previous members. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. And the comp- we had an outline of the competition is. The competition is, who? what do they get when they win? What were they getting in the first movie when they won? Trophy? S- trophy, status, money? So we, we just add the, okay, if we want to have, like, Becca is the guest judge, and we just give them the same, like, it's the thing that she got at the end of the third movie. It's like, you can come on tour, your group will open for me. Got it. I think not come on tour. I think she's like records them or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. She'll record. That's good. Because that's that was the the big old prize for the sing off. Yeah. Yeah. A real TV. So Becca is the guest judge. Record winners for that was record and produce a single for them. And cool. And that's actually good because Becca comes back and the Bellas are the villains. The yeah. Bellas don't win, and Becca is like has to. Yeah, that's good. I like this. This is good. Okay. So, that is pinch point one. Now we are at the midpoint. Your character moves from reaction to action. She determines she must do something to stop the antagonist. Mm. Is, is the midpoint the riff-off, then? No. Wait, I guess? No, I can wait, hold on. So, the midpoint seems like it should be them deciding to form the team. Yeah. Right, so that, that sounds like what we just literally just, we just about talked about, right? So, yeah, so, we, so that's the midpoint. So, pinch point one is Courtney breaks up with Katya and then just joins a group of chill people and hangs out with them. And then the midpoint is the riff-off. Yeah, okay. So maybe it's like, she's... Okay, they were, like, super intense about music and singing, and they were, like, fucking, like, theater kids in high school. She gets her heart broken when she comes to college and tries everything. She breaks up with Katya, and then she makes a decision of, like, 
I'm going to try and find some friends outside of this scene. And then pulls them into it when she realizes they're good at singing. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's still like following for her making decisions. It's not just like, and then she hangs out with some people. It's like, because of that, she specifically decides to hang out with people who are not in the whole acapella competition scene. Right. So then not and them. Yeah. Midpoint is groups join that group of people uh, that want to make her feel less sad. And then they do a riff off to have fun. And then Courtney's like, we should get back to Katya. Yeah, maybe she's the, I don't know. Or the pretty new romance interest that you were saying is like, that was her idea. We can make it her love interest idea. We should name that character. Yeah. If we're going to do that. I don't know, Abby. Do you want me to pull up the random generator again? I mean, I'm fine with Abby. Yeah, Abby's fine. We'll do Abby. Next one, so that's midpoint, so this is pinch point two. This is where you apply more pressure. Your story takes the ultimate dive. Your character is at her darkest moment. She has lost everything. I mean, they get their ass kicked by the Bellas in, the, like, one of the competitions. Absolutely. It's a whole, it's a joke. It's like, literally, they thought they were good, and they're Maybe not. they, like, lose to Sacapella. Like, they come in, like, <laughs> behind Sacapella, and the Bellas take first place, and it's like, they're not even in the same, like, winner's circle after the first competition. But then how do they stay in the game? If they lose... They make a big comeback in the next one. Like, it's like they're... We're before the point, like, where they're qualifying for, like, finals or anything. Uh-huh. This is just during the season, I guess. You can lose a game in a sports movie, right? Like, you can lose a game yeah. early on in the season and then right, start winning. Right, how do we, like, outline... So, in the first movie... I'm not sure how losing would work here, though. In the first movie, that. they, like, say the first three place teams qualify. Yeah. Okay, so maybe uh, maybe they lose really badly, and then the team above them, like, has to drop out for some reason. They all get... Oh, they eat bad That, is, that is also the first movie. That's, that's the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. And they find out that one of them is in high school, and they... Yeah, but I was about to say they eat bad from cocktail. <laughs> it's also a part of dodgeball, so yeah, sure, we can do that. Okay, 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 okay. I don't know. Well, maybe they just, they just come in third, but they get beat really badly. Like, it's like, the the distance between them is just huge, even though they are third. Like, they manage to scrape into the winner's circle, but it's, like, nobody gives a shit. Like, it's, like, a huge celebration for them, for the other team, and they're just, like, in the wings, like, oh, okay. Or maybe they poach, maybe the Bellas poach somebody from their team who's, like, essential. Oh, that's good. Okay. They're, like, beatboxer. Yeah, I think that, (laughs) I think they're not bad. I think they're not bad at all, and they do get someone poached. Yeah, okay, so they do good in their first competition, and then immediately afterwards, one of them, who's essential, leaves and joins the antagonistic team. Right? Yes. Okay, so pinch point two, they... I mean, it doesn't have to be the beatboxer. I, I just, because they seem really important. Yeah, probably not the beatboxer. Someone member who's, someone of, just, just, yeah, got yeah. like a powerful voice or something. Like whoever was doing the solo, right? It wouldn't yeah. be Abby or Courtney, but whoever's doing the solo gets poached by the Bellas. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's whoever's doing the solo, and then, because the next one, plot turn two, is the protagonist discovers something that helps them resolve the major conflict, right? So then Courtney does the opposite of what Katya does and promotes Abby to be the soloist ahead of her. Ooh. And she realizes she can she can step up to replace whoever got poached. And she steps away from the spot or like, you know, doesn't you know what I'm saying. Right. Okay. So is that our plot turn to? Yeah. Okay. So plot- And then they rework their act around Abby's newly discovered powerful voice. Okay, so mm, so I, okay. So we have Abby's love interest, right? Yeah. 
that we do some sort of shower scene where Courtney realizes Abby is like not doing as well as she could be doing in the show. Like she has like yeah, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, of I'm course. I'm into it. I'm into it. We, yeah, we have our shower scene, but it just happens later in the movie. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't have necessarily to be a shower scene, but it's like they start becoming romantic or something, and like Abby gets really happy and just sings better than she's ever sung. It's like, why haven't you sung that way during the show? <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Sounds I'm, good. I'm, no, I like it. It's good. <laughs> you keep laughing. We have a better idea. No, because it's funny. Oh, it's funny. It's good. <laughs> Alright, uh. Gotta have a shower scene. So, oh, so maybe the reason that Katya rejects her in the beginning of the movie is because she's like, thinks. She, somebody, maybe somebody's literally like, ah, she sounds like you, but like better. <laughs> and it's like this insecurity thing. And it's not even about the competition. It's just like, I can't have her here because like, I need to be. I need my solo. Yeah. That makes sense. But then, how come her, she isn't the spotlight in the other group then? The other one's better. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's not like a mechanical like that where it's like she'll take my spotlight, but it's just that thing where it's like she has a new group of like friends and people around her, and she doesn't. And she'd be embarrassed by. And she doesn't just doesn't want like she's constructed this new identity for herself in this year, and it's like oh, if she's I don't know, I'm overcomplicating things. Whatever, it's fine. Moving. On. I was just trying to figure out a way to mirror it with the thing we just came up with for this, but I yeah, I think that might. I mean, yeah, I, it might be a little much. Yeah, yeah. my thought point was that. Katya's a soloist. She doesn't want Courtney to steal the spotlight. Then when Courtney's group starts to do well and the Bellas poach the key soloist of that group, then Katya starts to come out of the spotlight regardless. Oh. And Katya, like, learns a lesson. Sure. Through that. And, like, maybe they don't get back together, but at the very least... But she's humbled. She's humbled. Sure. That was my thought. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Okay, but that's, like, neither here nor there for this. So, that's plot turn two. What's our resolution? That's the last one. They win the competition. They beat... The Bellas, they get to record the single with Becca. And Katya's pants fall down. Katya's pants fall down and everyone throws <laughs> eggs at her. <laughs> I mean, if we're humbling her, I don't think we should do that. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that, like, she loses and she looks like a real dink and our hero succeeds. And, like, I don't know, Katya, like, tries to apologize and makes one last attempt to get back with her and she's like, no way, and then makes out with Abby. I mean, I think they just become friends at the end of it. They could become friends. Let's get spurned. Ah, uh, yes, she does. She's a jerk. She deserves it. So, I mean, that's our movie. We did it. It's much more... Oh, you know what? Normal? Normal than all the other kids <laughs> we've had. All right. Getting back to Kathy being humble, just to wrap up that thing. I think Kathy learns to be supportive, and she supports Courtney's new relationship with Abby. Done. Sure. Okay. Right? That's... that's Yeah. She wasn't being supported, now she's being supportive. Okay. That's right? That's her fine. character. Yeah. But so she doesn't get eggs thrown at her? I mean, we could still have eggs It's happen. pitch perfect, Josh. There's no eggs in any of the movies. But they would do it. Yeah. They would throw yeah. eggs at someone. They could throw um, eggs at the Bellas. You know what we forgot? Uh, they didn't slide down the single set of stairs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, obviously they do that at the end. All right, well, this is like the main points. We need to, we'll come up with details as we go along. My um, one detail is that the sliding down the stairs at the end is actually cut in pieces throughout the whole movie. It's like, it opens with them starting to slide down the stairs. Then it like, it's like, how did I get here? And it cuts back. And then every <laughs> act break, they're like a couple stairs down when we cut back. And then the movie loops back around at the beginning with them sliding down the stairs at the end. Exactly. Perfect. Either that or it's like they cut up 
they cut it up into single frames and just insert those frames in. Like subliminally? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Are we just going to call this Pitch Perfect 4? No. The Pitch Perfect. The Pitch Pitch Perfects. (laughs) (laughs) Pitch Perfect Kills. Pitch Perfect the New Batch. Pitch Perfect New Order. I mean, we could do that. The Next Generation. Is there a music thing? The gay one. The gay one. The gay one. Pitch perfect. Pitch perfect. It, pitch perfect. It's actually gay this time. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a music term for like doing for, that implies renewal or new or next? The next verse. Pitch perfect. The next verse. Uh, a new key. Pitch perfect key change. <laughs> I mean, key change isn't bad. Pitch perfect modulations. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it should be like an anthology. That's a Matrix <laughs> sequel. <laughs> Or we could just call it Pitch Perfect 4. I like Key Change. Okay. That's fine. I mean, titles Unless are... Unless we come with something better. We'll come with something better, maybe. Okay, so we've plotted out the movie. Yes. We need to come up with the name of the group that will oppose the Bellers. Okay, this is gonna be... we got to come up with a... It's got to be a pun name, right? I guess the Barton Bellas is not a pun name. That's the weirdest Doesn't thing about these movies. Doesn't have to be a pun name. Not the weirdest thing. But it is a weird thing about these they're movies. They're the only one that's not a pun name. Yeah, literally every other group's name is a pun name. What if they're the non-stops? <laughs> yeah, bring back the non-stops. <laughs> I like it. No, he hated the non-stops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on. What's up? What we, they should be a pun name, though, because if the Bellas are the antagonists, then we should maintain the rule that the Bellas are the only one that don't get a pun name. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are some music terms or singing terms? No. Notes. Chords. Chords. No. Didn't you take music theory or some shit? Yeah, so? Why do you not know more music terms? I know plenty of music terms, but you're saying, hey, think of music stuff. Yeah. You're not doing it. There's a lot. So name stuff and maybe we'll pick some. I mean, it's got to be an acapella pun. Yeah, sure. Okay. So just take acapella and make that something. Okay, crocapella. They all wear crocs. I mean, mean, that's pretty close to sacapella. Yeah. Aka Doctor Pella. Aka Hello. Aka Hello. No, maybe. Uh, look, what are the other names of teams? There's the Treblemakers. Yeah. Doss Sound Machine. Sacapella. The Tone Hangers. The Tone Hangers. Is there a better tone pun we could come up with? Tone. Zone. They're, the, they're called the demilitarized tone. Classic <laughs> <laughs> Nate bringing the army back into the series. Voice is it a pun with voice choice? The moist. <laughs> yeah, that is moist. <laughs> moist is perfect. Just moist. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the the antagonist. Well, I guess not even antagonist. The other yeah, ever moist. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it can't be moist. Pitch. What are words ones around? What if it's a baseball pun in their baseball team? That would be bad. They do. The taglines make use of rhyming pitch with bitch. But are there other words to rhyme with pitch? Mitch. Stitch. A pitch in time. Is that a name for a band? A group? No. I put about a pitch in rhyme. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Okay. What about. Uh, come on. We can do this. Why is this so hard for us? Tremolo is a word. Tremolo. The Tremoloners, because they were they were outcasts first, and then they formed a team. The Tremoloners, the Tremolone Wolves. <laughs> 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 
What about them alone? That doesn't work. <laughs> Come on. Somebody somebody uh, else say something. There's a there's <laughs> quaver. Quaver's a word. <laughs> quaver. Life quaver. Lifesavers. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, the cadence. Cadence. Okay. Cadence. Cadence. Cadenza. Cadenza. Let's see how music turns. What's the word that ends with K that we could match up with cadence? Is there a word that ends with the sound K? This is okay. <laughs> okay, cadence. <laughs> Shoot out at the O cadence corral. <laughs> This is hard. This yeah. is harder than I thought it was going to be. Pun names are difficult. What about tempo? There's uh, got to be something. Tempo, tempo, there's flat, there's forte, the wheel fortes. Tempo. <laughs> Just take like any word and add isimo to the end of it. Uh, rhapsody, the thing. Okay. Yeah. Sharp. Just name music slur. stuff. Yeah, I am. I am, because you weren't. Soprano. Soprano, they could rather just the Sopranos. Got, and they sing about Gabagool. <laughs> Whatever they're the tone E Sopranos, but it's T O N E dash Y. So much <laughs> Sing, voice, sing, inking. Vibrato, sing, tempo, tenor. Martin Luther Sing Jr. Oof. That's really good. Oof. What if they just call themselves Ariana Grande? <laughs> what if they they can't come up with a pun name in the thing? Their name is like the pun names. Okay, well it's not. I like that they can't come up with a name since we can't come up with a name. <laughs> it's a kind of a cop out, but but uh, the pun names is bad. Pun names is bad. I mean, the they have to come up with a name at some point. What are the, the That's already a thing. I know. That was the joke. What about the Phil? My panties. Sure. I was trying to match it up with Phil Collins. Oh, I thought you were going to say the future. Yeah, what if... There's a Disney Channel show? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this is terrible. This is un- unlistenable. So this much. cannot come up with a fucking name. They... St- <sighs> volume. Is there something with volume? <laughs> Dolume. Guys in Dolume. Uh, this is awful. The Flat Dynamics. Sure. I mean, that sounds like a name. I don't really get it, but... I'm just combining two words on this list that I looked up. Oh, okay. It doesn't make any sense. Well, what about the dynamics? Soprano crescendo. What about the, the dynamics? The cleft palate. And it's not really like a pun, it's just a music term. Cleft chins. Cleft something. Dynamics is kind of okay. Yeah. It's or... not really a pun, no, it but sounds... it's like, it's got more than one meaning to it, I yeah. guess. Okay, so, like, so bar is a music thing. I feel like we can make something with that. But that's if you make a pun with bar, people are not going to think it's about music. Fair, unless it's an acapella group. I guess if it's an acapella. Well, what's your idea for a pun with bar? I'm just throwing words out there, man. The Roseanne bars. That's good. That's <laughs> no, it's not good because you're not going to talk about Roseanne. What, okay, what maybe we... Roseanne doesn't got bars. <laughs> <laughs> what if we go back to the tone thing and they're the Tone Rangers? That's good. Okay. I don't, there's not more. It's that's good. just it. No, that's okay. That's good. It's oh, probably the I best one we've had so far. I think we were just surprised that we had, there's actually one. Okay, so the Town <laughs> Rangers. And that's fine. <laughs> we, yep. Yep. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, we did it. Town Rangers. Damn. <laughs> okay. 
Is there anything else we have to name? <laughs> <laughs> Be here all day. No, uh, they're at the Barden College. Yes. The other group is the Bellas. Yes. We'll have to come up with names for the other, like, ones in the competition, but not necessarily... I don't think we need to do that. important in... right now. Uh, well, I don't think we're going to have to do that on this podcast. We'll need at least, like, one more. I'm not like, coming up with another what? acapella team name. I'm sorry. We we're just going to say there are other teams. Yeah, we, we're good. Like, we got it. What else do we have a name? Is there anything left that we need to do? No, well, I think we're good. We're going to have to take a break and coalesce this on to an actual thing we're going to pitch. Yeah, I should do The actual pitch. Oh, I guess we have to name the soloist they steal. Um, oh, sure. Shit. You're right. Uh, let's make it a dude. Okay. Grinch. No. No? Tony. Tony. Danza. No, Tony's good. Danza. Lawrence. <laughs> okay, no, hear me out. Tony Lawrence. His name's Tony, and they're the Tone Rangers. They steal their namesake. <laughs> we could have a joke where they're like, and they took the guy we're named after. And then somebody's like, we're, we're named after, like, the concept of tone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I like Tony. That's good. You thought we were named after Tony? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was the best one. That is really good. Yeah, no, it's definitely Tony. It has to be Tony. Okay, sure. Okay, good. <laughs> you know what? Let's get back to our essentials real quick, okay? Because there's things in our essentials we probably haven't covered. Okay. Is that? So, I don't think there is. Acapella singing. Got it. Rebel Wilson's Fat Amy. She's a judge. She's a commentator. Commentator. Who is she commentating with? She is commentating with a new character named... No, she's... It's, um... I don't know. Well, Magic Boy. From the previous movies. He's back. Ben Platt's back. He's easy. He's going to be real cheap to get after the fiasco that was Dear Evan Hansen. So you just slot him right in there. I have a better idea. What if we bring back John Michael Higgins, but he's an old man makeup? <laughs> so he's like aged more than he has in real life? I like that. That's pretty funny. That's, uh, or it could be Adam Devine again. It's and he's an old man. Probably be sure he could be an old man. Makeup. I did say I wanted him to be in rougher shape when he showed back up in the second movie. Yeah, I could be Adam Devine. I think that makes sense. And then there's like this like tension there, right? Because they're like exes. Yeah. yeah, Adam Devine, but he's bald now. He's got he's got like a hook hand. <laughs> he's just been through the ringer. So why would they agree to be commentators together That's for the just, money? Yeah, they both the they both need money, and they're just stuck with each other. Yeah, Rob Wilson got, has done a lot of gambling. Fat Amy's done a lot of gambling in between the third and fourth movie. We could even kind of have a joke where she bets on some weird sport. Okay. She used her money to resurrect Slam Ball and then lost all her money betting on Slam Ball. <laughs> <laughs> We're missing a career versus group subplot. I, I think we've realized that because Becca is not our central character, that that's not actually essential. Uh, well, we don't have any like subplots. But the romance is the subplot. So we're switching out the career for the romance? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Commentators, rivals, rivals, the Bellas. Yeah, we got that. And then competition in the big finale, we kind of have that. We definitely have that. What do you mean we kind of have that? That's the structure of the movie. We didn't like really outline the tournament, but yeah. Well, I mean, we yeah. outlined the parts where it's important when they win or lose. Right. Okay. So then I think we're good here. So we'll just pause the recording and we'll come back with a fully formed, wonderful pit. Well, listeners, you most likely skipped to here to avoid all the conjectures and ideas and probably a lot of funny jokes in the process of us creating the perfect Pitch Perfect movie. We went through a lot of different ideas. Really, honestly, went back and forth a lot. But our final product is based off the idea 
First one, but gayer. So we have come up with a... We have come. We have come up with a outlined plot for what we think is the perfect, pitch-perfect movie, which we are dubbing... Pitch Perfect. Key change. Uh, I don't like that. No, now you don't like it. <laughs> no, I don't like it. I have Pitch Perfect 4. Pitch Perfect 4. A the new, new batch. A new cadence. It's just Pitch Perfect 4. The movies don't have subtitles. It's just Pitch Perfect 4. You can make the 4 be like... Uh, it's like 4-4, four, four, like 4 four timing. Yeah. Pitch Perfect 420. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, take us away. Nate, we hope you enjoy this perfect pitch of Pitch Perfect 4. Okay. We're introduced to our protagonist and antagonist at the same time. They are a couple named Courtney and Katya who met and developed a romance with their high school acapella group. Katya graduates a year before Courtney and goes to Barden College, where she joins the Barden Bellas. Courtney follows a year later and attempts to trial for the Bellas herself, but is rejected due to a surprise last-minute call from Katya under the pressure of her new group. Katya attempts to reconcile with Courtney, but it doesn't go well, and Courtney breaks up with her. Courtney attempts to pursue friends outside of singing and outside of Katya's fear of influence. But her passion for singing is too great, and when her new friends do an impromptu riff-off to cheer her up, Courtney realizes the potential to have them be an acapella group. As she vocalizes this, Abby, a member of the group that Courtney is seemingly attracted to, gives the idea they can become an acapella group to get back at Katya and the Bellas. They name themselves the Tone Rangers and sign up for the ongoing competition against the Bellas, where the finalists will have a chance to sit down with a surprise judge and record a single. In the first competition, the Tone Rangers do better than expected, coming second place against the Bellas. However, the celebration is dampened by the revelation that their important soloist, Tony, who is not the namesake of the group, despite some confusion from other members, has been poached by the Bellas. While all this is happening, Courtney is pursuing a new romance with Abby, which leads her to find that Abby has a greater potential than she is showing and could easily slot in as the new soloist, which is a position Courtney had already had her eyes on. In contrast to Katya's past actions... Courtney steps aside and allows Abby to shine. With their act reworking on Abby, the Tone Rangers win the finals of the competition and are lauded by surprise secret judge Becca Mitchell, who takes them on to produce a single. Katya attempts to make amends with Courtney, and before this moment can be appreciated, a wrathful fat Amy runs out of the commentary box, appears and pelts Katya with eggs for her part in the Bell's defeat, and her commentator partner... A spiritually and physically devastated Bumper Allen, who only works alongside Fat Amy for the money, fails to stop her in time. With Katya's support of this newfound relationship, we end up Abby and Courtney kissing, as the remainder of the Bellas, including a very loud and sad Tony, get pelted with eggs. That's it? That's it. That is the perfect, pitch-perfect movie. We will not hear arguments otherwise. We have done it. We have sat through all three pitch-perfect movies with the help of our wonderful guest, Sonny, who is still here. I've been here the whole time. The whole time. And we appreciate you listening. Hope you enjoyed that perfect pitch of the perfect pitch perfect movie. And well, that was a that was a, a treat, huh? Yeah. Uh these were movies. I pretty much enjoyed all of them. The second one was rockier than the other two. Uh at no point did I understand why this was a franchise. <laughs> but we did it. We sure did. So thanks again for joining us. Next season. Next season, we are going to uh, move in another direction. So we've, we've covered a character, we've covered an actor, we've covered a franchise, and now we're going to cover a genre. Yes, a genre. Specifically, a creature feature genre. Yeah, we are going to cover crocodile slash alligator movies. 
movies in which the antagonist is some sort of large, deadly crocodilian. And uh, that season is going to have a really good name that I came up with. It's Lock, Croc, and Two Smoking Gators. Yes, and we're hoping to use this season to find out if we can come up with the perfect crocodile slash alligator movie to rival the perfect shark movie, which is, of course, Jaws. What? What? Yeah, you, you, I think you mean Deep Blue Sea, right? No, I mean Jaws. Okay, well, we'll deal with that in uh, season four, and we'll hope that'll blow you away. And just to give a little sneak preview of our next season, our first episode, we'll start by reviewing the classic crocodile movie that everyone knows, loves, and fears, and also Betty White's in it, Lake Placid from 1999. Once again, a huge shout out and thank you to Sunny for joining us. Uh, She has been wonderful and super helpful with her wonderful ideas about how we should watch Cats, and uh, we're not going to do that. I thought you said it was a good idea. Our guest for next season is, of course, going to be Crocodile Dundee. He's going to be here on every episode. <laughs> and with that being said, I'm just going to finish off by saying... Yeah, but I do, right? And that's what you always say at the end of every episode? I do hear him say that a lot. I do definitely say that a lot, but for this season, instead, I will refer back to the thing I said originally. Now you may ask, what does the second turtle stand on? And to that, little old lady would answer, it's no use, Mr. James. It's turtles all the way down. Aka later. <laughs> You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. You're gonna miss me by my hair. You're gonna miss me everywhere. Oh, I know you're gonna miss me when I'm gone.